What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prophecy Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. It's great to be with you once again, especially given the circumstances that the Braves are up 2-0 in the 2021 NLCS. And for an opportunity like this, I had to call on one of the best in Braves country when it comes to following the Braves and obviously a wonderful perspective. You know him as Stephen Tolbert, B underscore outliers on Twitter. Great addition to Talking Chop this year. Stephen, how are you doing, sir? How's it going, Sean? Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, it's... um... It's a fun time to be a Braves fan. We haven't always been able to say that, you know, this time of year, but it's um, it's going our way this year so far. It just seems like, you know, in these four division series, Stephen, we, we, we've gotten a little bit, we, we've got increment, incre- incrementally further. Eight, 2018, really didn't have a shot. 2019, I felt we should have beat the Cardinals. Last year, up 3-1, gave the lead, but this year, we're up two to nothing. Of course, you can find Stephen at B underscore outliers on Twitter, myself at stats SEC on Twitter, both of us as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network at talkingchop.com and at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. Stephen, you mentioned it on Twitter, I believe earlier today. I've seen a lot of people say it's unlikely, especially with how the games have trended. It does seem like at times that the Dodgers offenses has created more opportunities. But for me, it comes down to three things. The Braves have the best hitter right now so far in the series. And the playoffs, basically, a Jock Peterson. Our pitchers are making pitches. And we are finally the team that is doing a significantly better job of cashing in our scoring opportunities. Would that pretty much sum up why it, while it may seem unlikely we're still up to nothing right now? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, listen, you know, I tweeted this out earlier. Jack Peterson has a 250 WRC plus so far in the postseason. I mean, that's just, that's bananas. I mean, that's just absurd. Um, so, you know, he's really carried the offense, you know, in light of some other guys who've struggled. Um, you know, Eddie Rosario's come up with big hits. Austin Riley's had a monster playoff run so far. Um, but really, if you're going to, if you're getting down to the nuts and bolts of it, the Braves, the Braves starting pitching has just been nails. You know, Ian Anderson came the other night, notwithstanding. Um, you know, the Braves have really done a really good job of, of getting six, sometimes even seven innings out of their starters and allowing Snitcher to use the strength of his bullpen, which is the back end, and, and stay away from the weakness of the bullpen, which is the front end. And, you know, last night's game, game two, was really the only time so far this postseason where, you know, the Braves have had to use their entire bullpen. You know, obviously Ian Anderson didn't really have it last night, and, and the Braves had to, to kind of use everybody. And even then, you know, guys stepped up 
Uh, Jesse Chavez stepped up. A.J. Minter stepped up. So, yeah, the Dodgers have definitely had more opportunities than the Braves. There, there's no question about that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's actually ironic. You know, the Braves struggled all year in one-run games. They struggled with their bullpen. Um, that was kind of a weakness all year long. And, and here we come in the postseason. The Braves have won two straight one-run games and, and have leaned heavily on their bullpen. So it just goes to show you, man, October is just a different time of year. And it also goes to show you how the smallest nuances of the game can come up the biggest. In the in the NLDS, it was base running blunders, especially from Adam Duvall trying to take second on a few plays with um, uh, Christian Yelich out in left field. But, Stephen, I'll be honest, the other thing that has really created the difference has been smart, aggressive base running. You know, Ron Washington being aggressive. Ozzie Albies, the power's not there right now for him, but playing small ball, playing kind of like a, a leadoff hitter in front of Riley and the others. But the base running, the smallest of things that you can think of, but as you've mentioned, takes on a bigger role in the postseason. It kind of was a weakness of ours against the Brewers. It's made a difference in both games against the Dodgers. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It, you know, it's a results-based thing. If Eddie Rosario gets thrown out at second base last night, then, you know, we're talking about as big a blunder as, as any that Adam Duvall had in, in the NLDS. But he didn't get thrown out. He made it safe. So, you know, what was a, probably a, a, a not great base running decision turns out to be, you know, the right base running decision. Same thing at home. You know, if, if he gets thrown out at home, People are wondering what Wash was doing, sending him, you know, on a ball that wasn't that deep, but he made it. So, you know, it ends up being a, a, a really aggressive, uh, positive base running play. It's, you know, a lot of times these things just come down to, to inches, to millimeters. And, you know, if, you, if you're on the right side, then you were being aggressive. And if you're on the wrong side, then you're being, you know, stupid. So, you know, the Braves have definitely been on the wrong side of that the last few years. Um, so it. This series specifically, you know, with Chris Taylor screwing up in game one, getting thrown out in the middle or between second and third. Eddie Rosario having a couple of base running, you know, you could call them questionable decisions, but having them work out, you know, it's just, it's another example that things are just kind of going different for the Braves this season. Agree completely, especially even when you consider just a few months ago, they still certainly were not working out. Steven, we're talking about things that have certainly gone the Braves' way, and many things you know that you consider outside of their control have certainly gone their way. One of the things that's not gone their way so far, a very, very weak series from Freddie Freeman out of his seven straight strikeouts, a fly out um, in his final at bat yesterday. I don't necessarily think anything is physically wrong. He's just struggled. But Austin Riley, two straight games where he has delivered excellent at bats, big base hits that tied the game or won the game in game one, tied the game in game two. My question is your faith in Austin Riley continuing this, really standing out as one of the best hitters left in the postseason, and Freddie Freeman turning it around, something at some point I think is going to need to happen for us to finish this off. Yeah. You know, the good thing about the postseason, especially when you get down to the final four teams, is that, you know, the pitching is typically so good that one or two runs, one or two big hits is really all you need to win a game. You know, you don't have to have six or seven guys in your lineup clicking all at the same time. You know, if you've got two or three going and they come up with the big hits, then you can weather other guys struggling and, you know, 
the postseason is such a small sample size. It's nothing but small sample size. And, you know, Freddie's had an 0 for 8 before at some point in the, you know, in the regular season, obviously seven strikeouts in a row is, is pretty wild for him. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm betting on it, I would say, you know, at some point Freddie's going to have his turn. Ozzy's going to have his turn. Duvall's going to have his turn. You know, I think all these guys at some point will come up with a big hit. And, and like I said, when the games are three to two, four to three, two to one, you know, you don't need all nine guys clicking on offense. You really just need a handful at a time and, and let your pitching carry, carry you from there. So I'm not that worried about Freddie. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow, you know, he has two, two or three hits or, you know, one or two of the biggest hits. So, yeah, it's a small sample size thing that it probably shouldn't be considered too much, honestly. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Another area where certainly things are breaking the Braves' way, in my opinion, Stephen, is the starting pitching setup. Obviously, the Dodgers last night down game, down one game. They went with Scherzer, who did not have it. Julio Julio Harias came in. He didn't have it. So now you've got two of the three-headed monster on the Dodgers, Urias, Serger, and Bueller, who've been used up. They're going to make an appearance in L.A. at some point, I would imagine, but they're certainly not at their best. You do have Walker Bueller tomorrow night for the Braves, but one thing that stands out to me is that overall, talent-wise, yes, I would give the Dodgers the edge, but right now, effectiveness-wise and being rested, I think the advantage still sticks with the Braves, even with Ian Anderson struggles in Game 2. Would you agree with that assessment? The Braves definitely have the rest advantage. Um, I don't know. I know a lot of Dodger people are confused. I'm Count me as somebody who's also confused about how Dave Roberts has you know, utilized his pitching in this series. You know, the the Dodgers had it set up pretty easily where they could have gone bullpen game, game one, Walker Buehler game two, Max Scherzer game three, and Julio Rice in game four. 
and all all three of them would have been on full rest and for reasons i don't really understand they they went away from that and they they tried to use guys out of the bullpen and and try to get two or three innings here and there and they really pieced it in a way that they're they're kind of in a, a pickle right now honestly uh, you know and they're talking about you know uh Urias not even being ready for game four because he pitched last night out of the bullpen might have to do a bullpen in game four or a bullpen game in game four so yeah the Braves definitely have the rest advantage you know they set their their rotation from game one everybody knew it was going to be Max Reed and then Ian Anderson and then Charlie Morton and then a bullpen game and then those same three guys so you know it's it's a much clearer picture on the Braves side the Braves have pitched everybody's everybody as good as the Dodgers have, honestly, you know, especially Max and Charlie. So, yeah, you know, just just looking at the names, you, you might think that the Dodgers have an advantage in that category, but based on actual production and, and rest and availability and reliability right now, I, I don't think if the Braves are at a disadvantage, it's not much. And really I would probably say it's probably – probably an advantage right now which is which we would not have expected coming into the series and obviously another thing that had stood out to whatever extent you want to discuss it or put value in it brian snicker it it seems like i talked about this with eric cole on the preview of the nlcs it just seems like that experience we've been here before is also certainly help out not just the players but they've referenced it but also brian snicker there just seems to be more of a control even from the nlds more of a smooth setup organized setup that is working out i know the pitchers are making their pitches but Brian Snicker, it may even just be that he clearly is not doing anything to take away from how good our players are playing. But it certainly seems like he's got a better handle of things now than even he did that he did at times later on in the season. Would you go as that far as far as Brian Snicker and how well we played over the past five games? Well, I think, you know, when your players are doing their jobs and as a manager you have to make as few decisions as possible in these games, you know, you're going to look smarter because, you know, it's not, it doesn't take a, you know, a STEM degree from Stanford to have Charlie Morton pitch six innings and then have Jackson, Matzik, and Smith pitch the seven, eight, the ninth. You know, that, those are, those are relatively easy decisions to make. Um, and the Braves have been able to do that basically every game where the starting pitching has been at the level where Snit has really only had to, make relatively obvious bullpen decisions and so yeah you know when that happens the best thing you can do as a manager is just not get in the way I mean just make the make the obvious move you know make the normal move and let your players decide what's going to happen on the field so I, I think the Braves you know when you get the starting pitching that the Braves have gotten um, so far in, in these two playoff series it makes it really easy for the manager because, you know, the bullpen decisions are usually the hardest ones to make, and, and Brian's just not having to make those right now. You know, the starter goes six, and then you use your best three bullpen options, and it's it's pretty easy. That's an excellent point, and that kind of comes down to really my main question. You know, obviously, Stephen, we've been here before. Last year we were up 2-0, and I believe it was in game three where um, they – I mean, it may have been in game three. I think it was – where they came out and had that 11-run, you know, first inning. Obviously, we don't want that to happen. But I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head on the two reasons that I feel more confident in this start this year than I did last year. The Braves 
starting pitching just seems to be it seems to be more effective than the Dodgers right now it seems to be the more trustworthy option and also when it comes to the lineup one of the benefits of the fact you've had several options to just have not got going yet at some point you have confidence that they will are those two big reasons why you would feel more comfortable more confident this time around when when compared to last year it seems like the Braves do have a much better chance of finishing this off, even with them going on the road to Los Angeles. Yeah, I, you know, my confidence level is higher than last year for sure. One, because I don't think L.A. is playing as well as they were playing last year. Um, you know, they don't have Max Muncy, who is a, a monster for them and was a monster for them last year. Um, and the Braves have Charlie Morton. You know, the Braves didn't have Charlie Morton last year. The, the game three starter last year was Kyle Wright. And all due respect to Kyle Wright, you know, I just trust Charlie Morton, you know, a lot more to, to get you through game three. Even if you don't win game three, you know, I, I have a lot more confidence that you're going to be in game three. You know, you're going to have a chance to win it. The Braves didn't have a chance to win game two last year because it was 11 nothing, you know, instantaneously. So, um yeah, having Charlie, you know, having guys like Jock Peterson and, and Eddie Rosario who don't really care about, you know, playoff failures in the past, you know, those guys are, you know, they, they're not part of that culture. They're, they're new to the team, and, you know, they're just out there swinging free and easy, and it's working for them. So I definitely have more confidence. I, I wish we were healthier. You know, obviously I wish we had Ronald Acuna Jr. I wish we had Mike Soroka. I wish we had Jorge Soler, um, but – you know, it is what it is. You, you you go with the guys that you have. But having Charlie Morton probably more than anything else and knowing that he's going to very likely pitch two more times, Max is going to pitch at least one more time, you know, that that's where my confidence probably lies the most. If the second half of the season were to give any indication, there's a big reason why that is. So I agree completely, and I think that that's it. You know, if we could get Solaire back, I'm not going to put any type of, you know, big uh, faith that that occurs, but I agree with you. It just seems like the Braves are playing better baseball, and you kind of hit on it. They've got some players who, you know, right now – even if it comes down to this, this is the time for them to get their careers going back. You've got some players, Rosario, Peterson, you know, they haven't trended as well as you would have hoped they would coming off 2019, but this is their time to shine to make their careers get back on track. So they have every reason, obviously, to step up and deliver. So, Stephen, I'll kind of put you on the spot. If you had to give a prediction, as to, if you want to, as to the Braves closing this out, how many more games do you think it will take? And what's the biggest reason why they're able to do it? My guess would be, obviously, the starting pitching continuing to be as effective as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, predictions are tough. I think the Braves are, for the first time, the betting favorites in the series. I think most markets have them as the favorites not only to win the series, but I think they're their actual favorites to win the World Series at this point. So, you know, I, I think, you know, up 2-0, obviously, you have a much better chance than not to get it done. The Ravens don't typically play well out in L.A., so they're going to have to get over that. But, but, you know, they have Charlie Morton pitching, and they have Max Reed pitching, and those guys are going to pitch at least three games. And the Braves, you know, the Braves just need to win two of them. So I, if I'm putting odds on it, you know, I'm – I am for the first time. I think it's more likely that the Braves win this series than not, and I would probably put it at seventy-five twenty-five that they win this series in 
you know, I, I would probably say six games. If they can get one out in L.A., be 3-2 coming back, then I like their chances of, of just having to win one at home, especially if, you know, Charlie's going to pitch one of those games. So, yeah, I, if I'm calling it right now, I think Braves, Braves win the series in six or seven. And as crazy as it sounds, head to the World Series. We're certainly hoping that it happens. Many of you who have listened to the show, obviously, uh, if you're like me, you have appreciated Steven's efforts. You know, for years now, covering the Braves, you can find him at B underscore outliers. Steven, if you'll stick with us for just a second, can't thank you enough for giving, as always, your great insight on the series and joining us today. Yeah, no problem, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, his name's Stephen Tolbert. You can find him at B underscore Outliers on Twitter. Myself at StatsSAC. All the great content from Talking Chop at, at Podcast Network and the written content. Stephen, for instance, I believe, Stephen, you did the pitching preview for this series. Is that correct? I did, yeah. I wrote uh, I wrote through the Dodgers, you know, their staff and kind of what I thought their schedule would be. And, um you know, Dave Roberts has kind of gone crazy, so no, most of that doesn't apply anymore. But, yes, I did the pitching preview. Yeah, you'll find Stephen's great work there, as many of the other writers over at Talking Chop. For Stephen Tolbert, my name is Sean Coleman. Go Braves! Brad Rowland, Eric Cole, Scott Coleman, and others will be with you every single after single game for the game recap i'll be with you this weekend hopefully talking about a braves victory but at the very least with them coming back to atlanta with the series win for stephen tolbert i'm sean coleman we'll talk to you again soon here on the daily hammer What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts.